Welcome to I'm In, the Institute of Hospitality's official podcast hosted by me, Phil Street, FIH. Today we're looking at the future of hospitality education and joining me to explore this essential topic, we have Joshua Wilson, AIH, Yuri Kim, MIH and Ben Purton, FIH. A huge thank you to all three of them for really bringing the passion and the energy for the subject, helping this chat to be full to the brim with ideas and innovation. So to find out what the future of hospitality education has in store for us all, let's get to it. Hello and welcome to the next episode of I'm In, the Institute of Hospitality's official podcast hosted by me, Phil Street, FIH. Today we're grabbing our crystal balls and looking into the future as we delve into what the future of hospitality education might look like. As usual, I'm not going to do this alone and I've got three more wonderful human beings from within the IOH membership who are all very kindly giving up their time to chat to us today. So, first up, from within the fellowship, we have Ben Purton, who is the owner of Time and Place and just all-round culinary god. Thank you very much, Phil. That's a great introduction. I'm glad I'm glad we're recording this because I can I can put that down and, and play it back to my heart's content. Yeah, so Ben Purton, as Phil said, from uh, from also I run Time and Place, uh, but I'm also executive chef uh, and director of food and beverage and operations uh, manager level within the industry. Uh, taking a little bit of time out of the minute to recover from from ankle surgery, so really doing some some good behind the scenes networking. But yeah, I've been involved with the with the Institute of Hospitality for quite a while now, and looking forward to exploring lots of the uh, lots of the information that comes out of these top of this topic today because it's uh, it's one that's right up there on my on my spectrum of things that are super important at the moment. Fantastic! And where are you? Uh, well, you're going to be recording from home, aren't you? Because you're laid up with your ankle injury. Yeah, I've just come in from the from the sunny garden in Chingford, so I'm only I'm only about twenty minutes down the road from you, Phil. So I've got the same weather that you have. So yeah, in Chingford for now, uh, but back out into into sort of central London from probably March March onwards, and looking for a, looking for an op- an opportunity and a brand new brand new challenge. So I've I've sort of jumped back into my consultancy world, working from home um, for this for this couple of months while I do my recovery, and then and then back out in the in the great world of of, uh, of, of the industry that we work in to see what the next challenge is going to bring. Fantastic. Well, you're very, very welcome. And I massively appreciate you coming on, especially under the influence of injury. But um, yes, you're you're most welcome. Absolute pleasure. Lovely to be here. Good man. And next up from within the MIH ranks, we have Yuri Kim, who is Senior Lecturer in Hospitality Management at Surrey University. Hi. Uh, yes, it's me. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm a Senior Lecturer in Hospitality Management um, at the School of Hospitality Tourism Management at the University of Surrey. Um, obviously, I'm an academic here. I think I'm a, the only academic here, but I usually teach modules related to number and number and data. So a lot of accounting and finance. It's the boring stuff, but it is the important important ones for hospitality management and also a lot on data analytics and technology. I'm also actively a researcher in performance, big data, and more recently on diversity and inclusion in hospitality. So yeah, that's me. Yeah, great stuff. You might say finance is boring, but it's essential. Yeah, it is. We wouldn't we wouldn't have business without it, right? Yeah, very true. Yeah, totally. And where are you recording from today? I'm actually in my office in Guildford. So the University Surrey situates in Guildford, a lovely place in Surrey, of course. And I'm getting a little sunshine. I'm not sure how it is in Essex, but it's lovely here. 
Yeah, it's lovely here as well. I think it's, uh, I'd, I'll take uh, winters like this, but I'm absolutely not going to get into the weather because I do that on my other podcast far too much as it is. But there we are. Yeah, well, you're very, very welcome. And, and I think especially given what we're talking about today, I think your opinion might be quite valid. <laughs> Excellent. Right. And then finally, from within our AIH members, we have Josh Wilson, who is a, a student ambassador for the University of Wales, Trinity St. David, which just rolls off the tongue, <laughs> and uh, chair of the IOH Student Committee in Wales. How are you doing? Yes, good afternoon, Phil, and good afternoon, everyone. It's lovely to be on with you again. And I think this is my second appearance on your podcast. We did the social media one uh, at the first right. stage, which was great. So, yeah, I'm Joshua Wilson. As Phil had said, I'm the chair of the Institute of Hospitality Cymru Student Committee. And I'm speaking to you all from my campus in Swansea today. It's a beautiful day here in Swansea, lovely, bright, sunny skies. So that's great. And I'm a final year student at the University of Wales, Trinity St. David. So a lot of work, a lot of assignments to do at the moment, but it's great to be able to sit down today, talk with you all about this really important subject in terms of education and hospitality. It's very important. So I'm looking forward to delving in and see what we can do. Here, here. I, I, what I actually love about this is the fact that, well, you're you're in the thick of education right now. You're yes. living it. You're learning it. Mm-hmm. And also, it's, I think it, from the perspective of the subject matter, I think, have we ever put a better panel together? Because we've got somebody from operations, somebody from uh, who's a student, and somebody from the world of academia. It's just... Thanks. Exactly. And uh, I have actually met Yuri before at the Dorchester at our Above and Beyond event. And I was wondering if you could remember me, but the accent maybe has given away, Yuri. No, I can't remember you. Of course I do. (laughs) It's nice to be able to hear you again and to meet Ben as well for the first time. So it's a great panel today. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're all great, of course, but this one, especially for this subject, is great. <laughs> well, thank you very much. You're also very, very welcome. Uh, well, before we get into the, the topic, I also always like to ask people, I mean, it's kind of the, the title of the podcast. Uh, ben, back to you. Why did you say I'm in to the Institute of Hospitality? Um, well, I think the Institute of Hospitality has been around um, for as long as I can remember within my within my career within hospitality. And I didn't realize, so I've done so many things within the Institute uh, throughout my career, but realized only after I left and set up my own business that I'd always done it kind of by association. So the hotels I worked in, the restaurants I worked in were all, all members of uh, the Institute. So I, I was kind of um, having having lots of lots of events and lots of dialogue and lots of co- lots of connections through there. And then joined as a, as a member in my own right when I, when I, when I when I took on my own company, um, sort of just before COVID, so I've always kind of been within it. So I think I've always, I've always kind of said the I, the I'm in. But the main, the main kind of reason for, for being within it now is that I had so much support in the early stages and and throughout, and even now with with, with mentorship in my career from people that are in the IOH, and in, in many of these that I've done in the past, Michael Gray. A uh, long-term friend and mentor of mine that was my um, um, my kind of mentor when I was at the the Colton Tower Hotel uh, and then and then in the Churchill Hotel, really kind of guided me through those early stages of my career when I wasn't exactly sure what I was going to do and where I was going to go. Um, and then I think the, the the people that I've met from being within the the Institute of Hospitality has, has kind of set me set me up and has and, gave, and has given me uh, an amazing network to be able to to lean on, call on, uh, and liaise with as and when topics come up that I can't always deal with on my own. So um, I've been given so much towards me over the years. Um, it was just a no-brainer to, to carry on doing that, saying, saying I'm in and, and being there and trying to help now other people that are, that are either starting off on their journey or, or are part of their journey where they're not quite sure what to do or just need 
a friendly a friendly person to call and have a have a chat with um and any way that i can help and help and develop others to continue to be as, as good as they are or or to try and develop into being the best they can they can be that's that's kind of what my what my game plan is for for the rest of the industry at the moment nice i like that yeah I, there's a there's a i suppose there comes a time whereby you just have the this overriding feeling to just give back right i mean it just when you've done well in your career, which you have, you've worked in some amazing places. It just comes a time where you just feel like it's the right thing to do. Yeah, and I think it's um, one of the one of the one of the things I'm really trying to push within the IOH at the minute is that. So my, my career started as a as a sort of 16 year old kitchen porter, and then and then into the chefing world, and and most of my career has been has been chef led, and then has branched out into into food and beverage. So I started off as as an exec chef. Uh, in some of the roles uh, when when I was when I was obviously a bit, bit more trained up and more senior, and then they developed into the food and beverage role within the same environment. So you started off as the exec chef and then became exec chef and director of food and beverage, or exec chef and kind of operations operations manager. So trying to see all all those different aspects of it. And when I when I really started looking into the IOH, it didn't feel like it was that it was as out there as it as it should and could be from a culinary point of view. I think it's it was very much initially. Kind of a, a, a or felt like a very hotel style led environment and what we'll be doing for the chefs for the academics for the for the youngsters trying to come through how how could we for the for the breadth of network that i know the ioh has why why are we not also also developing in so so really trying to put, put the uh, the culinary stamp and from someone that's kind of done all areas i've done the culinary side i've done the food and beverage side i've done the operation side and i've done the academic side i put myself back into education only a few years ago because i, I still wanted my, my brain to to absorb some more um trying to be that that linchpin of, of people and bringing more chefs into the ioh is something that we're very passionate about absolutely i, I think it's been one of the great pieces of evolution over the last couple of years is that you i agree with you i think there was it was very hotel centric for a long time and now it seems to be branching out gradually into other areas giving them a lot more coverage so i um i hear you completely great stuff well and then uh, on to you yuri what's uh, what was your reason for saying i'm into the ioh oh well i was in obviously because i'm an academic in hospitality um but also my passion is in sharing my knowledge to the next generation in our sector i think this is where my passion comes from and therefore i was i said i was in to the ioh my first actual encounter with the Institute personally was actually at the Above and Beyond event in the Shard last year. Okay, yeah. Last year. And I think that was when, well, I heard about the IOH. I was a student as well and I was part of the student membership. But then I wasn't really actively involved. But after that, I think I kind of, I was there when I was an academic, when I just got the job as well. So it was a different stance for me to go to the networking event. And I saw a lot of industry, but also academics, students there. And I think that's when I saw, you know, um, how important IOH was for the hospitality industry, but also for education. So our school at the moment uh, works closely with the Institute, actually, um, bringing in people for guest lectures. And actually, um, Robert, uh, the CEO, is also our executive in residence recently. Um, so we work closely with the Institute. And it's, and, you know, the rationale behind that is to try to connect our students with the industry, but also bridge that gap between academia and industry. So I think that's where we are in place and how I, I started to contribute and engage with IOH as well as an as a instructor, as a teacher, but also as an individual who is passionate in the industry. Also, I, was, I said I'm in because 
we are a family in hospitality, right? Our school tend to have this spirit, um, being a team, being a family, having that sense of belonging and community. And when I was at the event or other events and we're in conversation with the members, even with Robert, it always felt safe and very supportive. You know, being comfortable to be able to speak about industry problems or problems we're facing in, in the university in light of um, how we are you know, training and teaching our future leaders for the industry. It always felt very safe and supporting and caring. So we had that kind of, we are in this together spirit. So I, I really liked that. And that's why I said I'm in. Brilliant. And um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, it's very difficult to to argue with any of that. I think that the, there's so many elements to it. And the, the, I especially love that bridging the gap between education and, you know, the, the operational world of, uh, of hospitality i think it's absolutely essential kind of what we're talking about today a little bit i suppose as well so yeah no thank you very much for that and then josh over to you uh, you've done this before but i'm going to ask you again uh, why did you say i'm in to the ioh yes yeah, so it's a big point actually so ever since i look back to the start of 2020 there was a massive hospitality deficit because of the severity of the pandemic i think we can all agree that and we could all see that and whenever i looked at it i found it an incredibly difficult time so seeing what covid19 has done to my sector made me want to get involved even more and say i'm in to the institute of hospitality i feel like since we have progressed into 2023 we are now in the midst of a changing world something that we can look forward to with more positivity as opposed to 2020 and I look at it whenever I was attending college back in Belfast I was always encouraged to create strong links with this reputable organization Institute of Hospitality so that I could benefit it from the benefited from it in the future as well as coming into this sort of new hospitality family as Yuri was explaining so nicely there and my I'm in standards now focuses upon my own journey within the hospitality industry and getting support from the IOH as well as inspiring and um, helping those that are starting out in university education to pursue their dreams in this industry. Because even though I'm a student now, I'm in my third year, I see a lot of the first years coming through, a lot of the second years coming through, maybe not really knowing where their journey is going to lead. And I always like to sit down with them and explain what I've done, trying to get involved early within that stage and seeing all of the different areas and the positive energy that you can really get from the IOH as well. And I think it comes from my experience as well, working in certain venues across the UK I worked at the 148th Open Championship that really persuaded me to say I'm in more to the organization I worked uh, as as I've told you Phil with Celebrity Cruises for six months worked in Swansea Stadium I was a receptionist back in Belfast in the Hastings Hotels group so there's so many different levels within my personal and my professional career that really linked me to saying, right, I'm going to be in more to the IOH. I'm going to get myself out there, go out of my comfort zone, be able to actually go further within this industry as well. And with my university having such a, an involvement and collaboration, that camaraderie with all of us as well, that uh, makes me even want to do it further. So, yeah, that's why I'm in. Love it. Love it. And I think what I really love about that is, is that you, I mean, you just touched on very quickly as well, like already a few of the different places where you have worked very very different cross-section of industries as well within the industry mm -hmm. and all of that I suppose just cementing and, and helping you find your way and helping you figure out what it is that you actually 
you know, really want to get into when you've when you've graduated. Oh, very true. I mean, I'm only I turned 21 there on the 20th of January, so I'm still relatively young. But I see myself as a path that I'm going to lead forward through. I'm going to I'm on this journey. I've started this journey and I want to take grasp of every opportunity there is possible to be able to for me professionally to pursue a great career in hospitality because I'm so passionate about it. And that's why I've been able to open up my ideas to all of these wonderful organizations and see what I can do within them. Well, you're definitely walking the path, that's for sure. Great stuff. Okay, well, thank you very much, guys. Uh, and well, let's get to the topic at hand. So I'd love to start with a, an opening statement. Find a quote, basically, as my kind of raison d'etre for this. So the, the best way to predict the future is to invent it. And that was Abraham Lincoln that came up with that one. So how would Abraham Lincoln's quote apply to hospitality education over the next 10 years? And I think... This is, that's quite an open statement, and I think we're, you know, I'm, I'm not asking you to to answer that question right here, right now. There's a few things that we probably need to cover before we kind of come back to that. So you touched on upon it earlier on, Yuri, uh, around the the education and the actual the, the operational side of the business, or whatever you want to call it, integrating. How has that evolved over the last? Uh, well, however long you've been in uh, in the world of academia. Yeah, um, well, to be frank, I haven't been in the world of academia for long enough to you know, go back 10 years, unfortunately. But just from observing what I've been through, I think I started my post just before COVID, actually. So it's only been a full three years and a bit, actually, being an academic in hospitality. But of course, I did my doctoral, my, my PhD in this. And I guess I started teaching when I was a student as well. So... I mean, I think, well, I can't say the past, to be honest, Um, (laughs) but looking at what I've seen from pre-COVID, from during and now, I think there is an increase in, you know, demand and also trying, the the school trying to integrate hospitality, the industry, the operational side and education more. I think COVID especially had an influence in accessibility, right? Everything's more, we we can actually access a lot of resources online. You know, we could bring in, you know, industry leaders who couldn't come face-to-face pre-COVID because of, you know, tight schedules. We could really bring them on the online setting and really have them in the classrooms. And these were all something that changed, I think. And now with the flexibility of doing it face-to-face, and now we're actually seeing a lot more face-to-face invitations of guest lectures coming into, into our classrooms now. But still having that online option, I think the integration has become better than before, actually. Well, um, just coming from the university side, you know, we have hospitality degrees from undergraduate to postgraduate level, not just hospitality, but on, on events and also tourism as well. And as one of the leading schools in the UK, but also globally when it comes to hospitality, tourism management, I think we're trying to integrate the education and the industry or like the practices, the practicalities, the practical side in many ways. You know, on the academic side, of course, students are learning. We, we have the vision, we have the strategy for students become to become change makers in the industry after they graduate. You know, change makers, not just in the industry, but also in the society. So we tend to teach from operations, management, strategy and finance, but also we're bringing in a lot of cutting edge topics such as AI, technology, data analytics, innovation, to you know hotel investment and even linking between hospitality and events management as well so i think integrating the educational side of course because we we are on you know on the side before students go into industry right it's not the learn by doing it's rather learning before they go into industry but yeah. I think a lot of our programs 
and our modules try to offer the best we can to really teach them, train them as, you know, resilient workers, as resourceful workers, but also who can be, you know, who can really make that change in the industry once they go into the industry uh, realm. So I don't know whether I've answered the question correctly now. I think a lot of the time to, right, to truly kind of understand where we're going, we need to kind of see where we come from as well, right? I mean, yeah. you, you only by doing so, we understand what we have done well to this point, mm. what we could do better and what we've just completely failed at. And uh, and I think what you you've alluded to this a, a couple of times in the conversation already around the fact that you 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 feel like the integration is is good, and I I certainly from the outside looking in that's also my feeling is is that I you know I definitely feel like the the barriers between academia and industry are lessening by the day. I think there's this a great realization from both sides of things that you you. I mean, it's not that you can't have one without the other, but it definitely helps yep. just with a lot of different things. And especially when it comes to subjects that you just raised there as well around the likes of AI, which is obviously, I mean, it's kind of front and center and anywhere you turn at the moment. You know, for In order for hospitality to progress, it can't ignore these things when it comes in. And one of the best ways that you can obviously deal with that is right at the beginning of somebody's career path. Not all of us are lucky enough to you know be able to look at stuff like AI at the beginning of our career path, but actually if you're just if you're preparing your students for whatever comes, and I suppose that's that's part of the the, the major uh, piece of this is the fact that there's always going to be something new to learn. There's always going to be an, another piece of something that comes in. So by preparing people to be adaptable to whatever comes, that's kind of yeah, I suppose that's a soft skill more than a, a kind of hard yeah, academic skill. Definitely. Uh, and I'll come to you, Ben, on that point because I know that you're massively passionate about soft skills. Uh, what anything you'd like to add on what I've just kind of, or what Yuri and I have just talked about? Yeah, well, I think I think you know what you sit back and you listen, you listen to the uh, Yuri especially, and then you and then your your sort of your sort of bits to join join things up at the end feel. And when Yuri speaks, you're sitting there going, okay, we just want to do more and more like that because. Having the understanding from a from an education uh, point of view of what what these and, and we I, I suppose in the past we've been guilty of saying young people but it's not what, what these people that are that are in in that learning environment what do they need what have they got already what do we what, what what have they got that we can enhance what don't they have that we need to kind of instill what are they kind of amazing at that we could actually utilize to to train and develop others but really I think the connection between the education systems and all, all the bodies that are in it and and industry, I think used to be quite quite lacking. And obviously there's certain places that have a amazing relationship and do it, do it really well. But I think I think as an overall, there was always a little bit of a of a of a lacking of communication and understanding from both sides. So you would have an education system that would just train people as per as per syllabus and, and send them out as 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 good individuals from a from a training academic point of view. And then they would hit the, the kind of real world, so to speak, and there was always a bit of a disconnect. And I think we saw over over many many years lots of disillusioned people that would kind of do or do all of the education side, but then wouldn't maybe all, all, always go full on with their with their employment within within what is a, an amazing industry. And I think even during COVID, those barriers, um, lots of them got wiped away because everyone was being was being very kind of everyone was oversharing, everyone was. Was sharing best practice. If you heard someone doing something great down the road, you were encouraged to kind of envelop that yourselves and, and move on. And I think I don't think all of that has stayed uh, post COVID. I think I think there's there's quite a few that have gone back to type, head down, carry on, 
we'll do what we need to do, probably from an education and from an employability point of view. But really having that understanding that, um, yes, you can have, they can co- coexist separately and, and, and never the twain should meet. But the, pe- the people that are out there offering the opportunities for industry to come into an academic, a- academic centre, an academic environment, really bring bring the the day-to-day industry and it's and it's completely different if you have someone going in from contract catering and someone going in from michelin style restaurants and someone going in from sports and stadia they all bring a very different version of the industry with them which i think is amazing from an from an academic point of view and then though then the academic areas really reaching out um, to do their bit on the on making sure that the relationship so that work experience is full flowing and out there and i still get slightly frustrated when i see still lots of academic areas so schools colleges universities struggling to find the right kind of places or enough kind of places to send their students to and then i have conversations with the industry saying we just wish we had more people that were willing to come out and do do training and development with us so i think the communication piece still needs a bit of a bit of strengthening but I've seen so many people doing it the right way and, and hearing, hearing Yuri kind of speak earlier. I mean, the more and more that we can bottle that kind of, that DNA um, and that kind of mindset, I think the more of that you can instruct everywhere, whether it be all encompassing and, and we, we, we go for it sort of jumping into fully or we just take out some nice little pieces of that. Definitely some work to do in terms of bringing both, both sides together, but I've definitely seen some really positive drive and positive developments in those areas too. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Josh, what's your kind of thoughts from the the student perspective on this? What are yes. you because you're living the experience at the moment of of being I, in the education system. I very much am, Phil. Yeah. So I strongly believe that there is a strong integration between both the education and hospitality sector. So we are seeing more developments of colleges and universities across the UK introducing courses that specialise in these sectors and being able to provide students the key set of skills necessary to work in the hospitality environment. So I do know that back in Northern Ireland, certain high schools, presumably and presumably in Britain, have travel and tourism subjects for younger students to learn. And this links significantly with hospitality, that they can actually study the subject of travel and tourism, which integrates so closely with hospitality, and that can help them with the key skill set for their future. And also, I, I now understand that there are many uh, amazing placement opportunities that universities offer students as part of the course to actually work in the industry for so many months to gain the skills required and to understand fully what it is like to work in such a thriving environment. So, for example, we have had students working in Aspen, Colorado from our university, Walt Disney World in Florida. So many different resorts like this. These principles and steps that the universities have taken have built the foundation stone, I like to put it, to which students have now taken to further progress their careers and to maintain their own personal success. So even though these are these are only two points about the courses and placement opportunities, they're two very important points. And there are many other ones that you can really take consideration of, but it is two important points in which the hospitality sector is integrating with education. And yes, we may need the academic theory to help support us in university, but it is vital that students receive that practical experience in industry to help them prosper and grow. That's that's my take on that. Yeah, yeah. I, I was lucky enough to I had a chat with uh, Adrian Ellis very recently. They, they're, uh, he's doing a wonderful body of work within Manchester and is now actually freeing up the work that he's done in terms of the the knowledge bank that he's built around. And I, the, sorry, I should say that the body of work is around uh, effectively integrating schools, not just universities, but schools 
with local hotels to get them, you know, tours of the hotel. They do mm-hmm. uh, cheeky little competitions so that they get engaged with the the hotels and and so and they've actually seen I think a uh, an uptick in the amount of people who actually then see that through, which was something like twenty five percent ten years wow. ago, and it's now eighty eighty five percent or something like that now that see mm-hmm. it through, and it's things like that are, are I find massively encouraging. But he's had to go out and do that, like that's something that he's taken upon himself. So I suppose the question is, that's great, and to have somebody like Adrian in the industry doing that is amazing. What if we don't have enough Adrians? Whose responsibility is it to make sure that stuff like that happens kind of in in every educational outlet, in every area around, uh, not just the UK, because obviously we we have international listeners as well. Whose responsibility is it to take that on? I think we give it all to Adrian. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think think he makes a good point. So if you look at the the Adrians, the Uri's, the Joshua's, the fields of this world, right? If If we flood the world, with more people that are, that are talking and, and acting and experiencing like that, then we're in a much better place. But it's, it's about making sure that what, what, what are we doing to make sure that we drive more and more of those people? And I think one of the things I've found in the past is that if, so, so we'll, we'll say, we'll say Adrian example, if, if Adrian works in a certain hotel and he's really driving in that hotel and then he leaves, the place where he goes to benefits from from his relationship and his connections. But is there someone is there someone at that at the hotel that he's just left that then then carries on to take these things on and and where you see them work uh, and see them in in full flow, they're amazing. I mean, we used to do so many taster days when I worked at places like the the, the church, the Royal Lancaster, the Royal Horse Guards, and taster days for for students coming in at all from all all ages at all levels. Were really, really a, a cluster of different things. One, it was a great, a great showcase. It was great to show people around, show the, show the kind of things you do. But especially when I worked in the hotel world, you could introduce them to maybe even ten or fifteen different possible career paths within the industry in one go. Whereas if you sometimes if you go and visit a restaurant, you're really looking at a more of a food and beverage side. There might be one person in finance, one person in HR. But when we did the taster days, it was it was to generate and galvanise people to come into the industry. But it was also the flip side of saying, but it's also not for everyone. So come and try these things. And it's not always about trying to find the thing you love. Also try lots of different things in the industry if you can to find out the things that you don't like or you're not really that fussed about or you haven't got a passion for. And where possible in your career, do the least amount of those as possible. So really try and focus in on the things that you've got a passion for and that you're you're predominantly then going to be pretty good at. Um, but that, that that kind of getting out and, and showing showing as many different people as we can all the different options that we've got within within the industry, whether it's for taster days or work experience esque type elements, is something we should we should be pushing from every single one of us that's in the industry and definitely every single person that's in the IOH. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Josh or Yuri, anything to add to that? Yeah, I, I have something to add. I, it's quite interesting. I think, Phil, you just gave me an inspiration, actually. <laughs> hey, right, we can stop the podcast there. That was the only objective. Well, yeah. It's because, actually, at the University of Surrey, we actually do widening participation and outreach, and I happen to be the lead for the school. And I've been reaching out to local colleges as well to really provide taster days, you know, go into the school, like literally go outreach into the schools of different, you know, different schools with different backgrounds and students with different backgrounds as well to really kind of expose them to hospitality, tourism events as a degree, that option. I guess that's what Adrian's 
doing in Manchester, I guess, from the work side as well, or even from the education side as well. But it's it's, it's a lot of work personally, because I'm doing it on top of my actual job. <laughs> but it, yeah. it comes from passion as well. And I feel, you know, hearing the example of Adrian, right? Yeah, it's really promising. I think there's a lot of hope and care for the industry. Of course, it would be great to have more Adrians out there in industry. But I think there's a there's a part that academia needs to play a role as well. Um, you know, reaching out and really widening that participation of of young learners, right, from different backgrounds. You know, we, we sometimes have taster sessions or events for young learners with care responsibilities. It's it's very it's personally eye opening for me. And, you know, these young learners from different backgrounds actually have capabilities to come into the hospitality industry, but they don't know about it because they aren't exposed. And I think what Adrian's doing and what our university is doing and what we are trying to do is really to widen that participation, not just in education, but in hospitality as well. And I think there's some there's a part that academia that universities can also have a have a role in in expanding this and trying to integrate that, right? For the future of hospitality. Absolutely. Josh, anything to add to that piece? Yes, I just wanted to say really that the opportunities that are really arising to us all, it's important that if we have access to all of those and that we're able to show what we can do and we all have all of those options open, I think it's really good to just push it out to so many people that we know of, be able to really relish in the hospitality sector, what we're able to do in our university. We have many different open days, applicant days and presentations that I help out at to be able to really bring the hospitality passion to them, bring it alive, really. And I know that we have other field trips and things that we do across the UK as part of our university and that we have great support from that. But I think the key word in that really is passion. I think all all three of us, all four of us, I should say, have a passion for this industry. That's the most important thing. Whenever we look at yeah. how passionate we are, what we're actually, the steps that we're going to do to be able to show that passion and be able to really show it to all of our different members and fellows within the IOH, I think that's really, really important uh, factor to be considering. And what you were saying about what Adrian was doing, I totally agree. And what Ben was saying as well, all of the different areas that we have within my university here in Swansea, you know, I came over from Belfast. There must have been something that triggered me to come over to Wales to actually pursue this career or this educational journey in hospitality because they've really opened something up to me that maybe wasn't opening up to me back home so this is really this is a really uh, key point that we need to get across and just take grasp with the opportunities and go forward with it I think is is one of the key things yeah absolutely I the I think I think that that kind of just popped into my head as we were all talking about that one thing really is is that that Take away, as Ben kind of alluded to this, but if you take away the Adrians out of this and you take away the people like us who who deeply care about the industry, you know, the risk for the future of education integrating with the the wider world is, I mean, it's a big risk, right? So currently it doesn't sit, as you've kind of highlighted, Yuri, it doesn't sit on anybody's job description. Like it's nobody's job to go out and do this. But the kind of, I think for me, the, the thing is, is that it's everybody's job to go out and do this, right? And whether you're busy or you've, you know, you've just got stuck into your, you know, your, even if you're like a small cafe at the end of the road or whether you're a massive hotel, you've got something to offer the next generation that's coming through. You've got something to offer from an experiential perspective as to, to what people, you know, can expect when they come into the, to, to the workforce. Uh, as it were but anyway that's 
that's me just kind of ranting. So, mm-hmm. yeah, the, I think one of the, th- the things we need to potentially problem solve for the future is how do we, I suppose, get more of a program of this kind of stuff going on rather than it just being somebody who goes, do you know what, we need to do that, so I'm going to do that. Yeah, and it could, it could almost be tied in a little bit to, I mean, we, we, you've got to start where you where you have your, your reach, right? I mean, it, you, you for the people that you that you know, that you, you talk to, but also probably back to an IOH point of view. And I know we always we always look at how our world uh, around IOH can also help and de- help and develop. But I think some of the some of the things that the IOH stand for, we know that they're about uh, inclusion and development and, and learning and all, all those kind of things. But it would it could be quite nice as we as we go further on down the line to kind of make it almost part of your membership is that these are the things that we also expect. So yes, we, yes, we want you to be a member. Yes. We want you to come come along to, to events and network and whatever else, but actually what, how, if every single IOH member did a specific thing that, that we've, we've all agreed would be a, would be a, an, an amazing development. The, the impact that something like that could have could be, could be far wide reaching. Yeah, totally. I, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, but is it not an expectation of the fellowship at least I don't know about the rest. Of, I'm, a, I'm a fellow myself, but is it the expectation that the the fellows are expected to be doing something extracurricular, or whatever you want to call it, to kind of give back and to do something? Whether that comes in the form of one to one mentoring or or whatever, it doesn't really matter. But I, I feel like that there is an expectation there at the moment, which I suppose if it's not being maximised, maybe we look at maximising it. Yeah, I mean, well, you've only got to look at, so within the IOH, you've only got to look at things like the Mentor Me program. I mean, that's something that of, for all the things that we've just spoken about, having having great mentors that have kind of been through the industry and done it and great mentees that are kind of maybe at the infancy of their, of their journey within the IOH or within the industry and looking for guidance support and and many different levels and factors across that. But I think, again, it's it's also an area that I, I, I'm, I'm not sure is is, is as drawn out and as developed uh, and as over oversubscribed or overpopulated as, as it should be if, if everyone within the fold was doing was doing those kind of things so i think i'm also a fellow and i think maybe i'm not directed to do more stuff specifically because maybe i maybe i just i just tick boxes anyway just by doing my what i what i'm naturally passionate about but it'd be interesting to see whether actually you are expected to do this and what happens if you don't so if I'm a fellow and I, I, I sit around and watch the weather in Chingford for the next however long, at, at what point does the, does the institute go, Ben, I'm not being funny, but this is what we expect from you, or are we are we not are we not not that kind of not that kind of direction yet? It would be interesting to I mean, yeah. I'm now thinking because I, I became a fellow, you kind of do your you do your application, you get your 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 supported via it. And then you then you kind of just carry on, and I, I do some I do some additional podcasty type stuff and whatever. But an, an actual mandate for me to me to sit down and sort of say, actually, as my part of my fellowship, I should have done X Y Z, or I'm expected to have done X Y Z. Have I have I fulfilled that? Would be an interesting one for me for me to look back at. Yeah, absolutely. I love the I love the phrase uh, additional podcasty stuff. By the way, that, that, that's uh, very much part of my life. For sure. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think very difficult one, I think, for the IOH, isn't it, to to kind of consider that because, you know, at the end of the day, it's a membership organization. Yeah. You know, the, the membership is only as good as the members that are, are within it and, uh, and the willingness to do 
something it shouldn't be a case of you know okay i'm a fellow so i've made it and that's me i'm wiping my hands of responsibility it should be kind of the other way around right it should be you know if you're if you're serious about this industry serious enough to pursue fellowship within ioh then it's it's your duty to do something and i'm sorry if there's any fellows listening that uh, completely disagree with me, but um, I- I'm happy to have a one-to-one discussion with anyone who wants to bring it up. Bring them on um, the podcast. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But um, in any case, I don't want to dwell on this point because um, we're, we're, I'm conscious that time is ticking. We've still got quite a lot to cover, it feels like. I mean, let's move on to the IOH, actually, in terms of, because it is an, it's an educational charity at the end of the day. That's, uh, you know, the membership uh, feeds into that. So how does the IOH currently fit into the hospitality educational landscape? Has anybody got any real world experience of this? Um, If I may add, because recently um, Robert visited the university, actually. um, And I think I probably knew you were coming on this podcast. Yeah, he did. Um, So the IOH, I think it fits very well. And as an educational charity, it's very important for schools that have hospitality degrees, to be honest. Like I said from the beginning, it's bridging, you know, the education and the industry. It's bridging the university, the schools and the industry. And without such network and community, without the institute, it's very hard for us uh, as a university to really tap into the resources that are out there to the people in the industry who can be, you know, role models and mentors and inspiration for the students and the future leaders. I mean, you know, you, IOH has their webinars, you've got your networking events, you've got Passion for Hospitality, which is a huge, huge event for students in hospitality, actually. And I feel, you know, IOH is doing a really good job in, in you know, continuing that, sustaining that, and sustaining the, the momentum, the community, the networks, not just for the industry practitioners, not for, just for the fellows and the members, but also for those students. And especially, you know, there's already um, programs in universities globally that have been accredited, and Surrey is also working on this. But, you know, I think there is that need of expanding this accreditation as well globally, you know, going further. I'm aware that, you know, IH is global. The network is very, very big. But yeah. accreditation program, I still, when I, when I look online, there's, there's four pages. It seems a lot, but I think there's more, more institutes and more um, universities that actually can get accredited and, you know, be, be accredited in terms of the program that we are delivering. And through that, I think, process, we have the space to collaborate with IOH as well as a university, as a school or a college. So I think at the moment, I think, I think it, it plays a key role and it really helps to bridge the academia and industry. Yeah, absolutely. Any any points to add, gents? I was going to say there, Phil, I've just got a point here I would like to raise. So I think through the amazing mentoring program that the IOH has, especially for students, you know, this incentive helps support students this way and help them reach their full potential, basically. So with the IOH being such a leading global provider of the outstanding quality and the career development for the profession and the reputation, it's such a great program internationally as well. And it is a fantastic way that this organisation fits into the education 
educational frame. And another way in which I feel the IOH fits in nicely is that they have a great continued relationship and partnership with so many universities in the UK. So my university included, but there are so many universities across the four nations of the UK for the IOH have linked with, like England, Northern Ireland, Scotland and Wales. If you think for a a moment the number of uh, students that attend these universities and benefit from the information the IOH provides, the webinars, live events, the Youth Council, as Yuri was saying about about passion for hospitality, etc., which is such a big, big event for students' development. It just shows really precisely what is needed for our students' growth. And even me talking from a student's perspective, I think for me, these have really helped me with my professional development. Even though I'm still quite young, I'm still looking at this professional development as a whole and looking at what our students in my university and other universities that we have a partnership with, what they can do to make sure that this fits into this landscape and that their education can be really intertwined so closely with uh, the IOH that's that's just so great. Absolutely. And Ben, any final thoughts on that point? Yeah, it was it was nice to sit back and, and sort of listen to that to that last sort of five minutes. And I think there's so much again, there's so much great work going on out there in the in the world. I think the one thing that I I, I sort of keep coming back to and running around in my head is that we've got we've got so many current active students or people in education and we have a recruitment skills challenge that's that's probably as big if not if not worse than ever and trying to find the um the answers to, to lots of lots of questions are probably within that gap in the middle so if we've if we've still got lots of people going into education and lots of people within education are getting lots of information about our, our amazing industry and all the opportunities that it has and then i, I even revert to things like from a, from a culinary point of view springboard every year as, as, a, as a separate entity but the, 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 there's, there's, there's quite a lot of crossovers within the institute still has 14 to 16,000 young people every year saying I want to be in this industry and I want to be a chef and then we get to the stage where now we've got an industry for you to go into something I think is still uh, as a universal element is lacking to just really get get it everywhere because I think that again the, the places that are doing it right the 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 academic areas that have got those really great relationships with the industry and vice versa are probably having a really good ongoing flow of great people coming out of coming out of, uh, of learning and going into into industry if we could map that out over over everywhere else where that where there is a, a student element not everyone's going to go into hospitality of course but when you really open up hospitality and you realize that if you want to be a doctor there's a there's a space for you in hospitality somewhere if you want to be a, a nurse a technician an engineer there's so many different areas and sometimes they, they people still think about it as it's working in a hotel or it's a waiter or it's a waitress it's a chef and, it, and there's so much more to it how can we really mm. continue to to bang the drum and give everyone as many opportunities as they can and then drive as many different people that are, that are currently learning before they've even decided what to do with their career, really getting hospitality front and centre in their in their mind frame for what they want to do next. Yeah, here, here. I mean, I, I think that that's... That... Education, you know, covers a multitude of things, doesn't it, really? I mean, it, it yes, it is classroom, but it is also on the job. But it is also things like educating people's perceptions mm. right i mean it's it, that's i think for me that's a massive one that's ultimately why i started podcasting was to try and change tact on on people's uh thoughts as to what this was as a as a a career and it's you know it, i think it's just the same as any other problem that exists in the world right it's just a it's a big jigsaw with a lot of pieces and we've just got to slowly piece it together and i'm going to just I'm going to come back to the original quote just to kind of wrap things up, I suppose, is that we wanted to talk about the future. We've spoken, a, 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 I suppose, a lot about the uh, some of the things that 
are in play at the moment and some of the things that we could do better. So a very open question. Anybody can jump in on this. What do we need to invent to ensure that we continue to, you know, stay on top of this integration between education and uh, industry? Yeah, I think if I can just throw one in initially, it is, it's only really off the back of my last thing. And I, I was, I, I come from in between kind of uh, main, main industry. I ran, uh, I worked in, in recruitment for two years as well, mainly because I hadn't, I hadn't done it. And I, and I, I kind of, again, I'm, I'm quite, I'm quite up on putting extra strings to your bow. You never know when you want to want to collect them. Yeah, yeah. But from an, from that industry point of view, that we had a we had a bit of a network and a framework where it was basically the needs of the industry uh, and and a list of them, but be, albeit people phoning up and saying I need a waiter for tomorrow, or whatever, and a list of people that are looking for work that they would be your casual employees. Imagine if we had something like that within within the industry that was like these are all the people that are that are learning on, on on this on this massive kind of network that we have and these are all the 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 vacancies and the opportunities within within the hospitality area and probably easier to do it by area and location and really trying to find a mechanism that that starts to starts to do a bit of matching of those of those kind of people up how can we take some of the some of the algorithms and some of the things that exist from a, a supply point of view when it comes to, to to what I need versus who can do it. Is there is there a way to try and put something in place that people can really see all the opportunities that are out there and a mechanism to try and tie a few of those um, those relationships together? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. I think that's a really great point. Any, any other points, Yuri or Josh? Yeah, I mean, I think hearing Ben, I think you should start a new business. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've just, just written down a few notes. <laughs> yeah, so a startup that you can start with. Yeah. I'm not advice. But actually, just echoing Ben as Ben's point, and I think I have two points. One is like inventing a new means of communication. I think, Ben, you've been talking about the communication of like opportunities and, you know, like businesses, hotels are saying we need these people, but this universities are, are like trying to find you know placement opportunities, and I think there's that miscommunication or or lack of information that's been being shared between um, education or academia or schools or colleges and the industry. So whether that is a new app or new business model that Ben has proposed, um, I think we need copyright, to like, copyright. <laughs> I think we do need to invent, you know, a new means of communication and really having a platform of communicating these needs and wants and supply, but also being able to collaborate in that sense and you know, with, with the access of technology and platforms and data, actually, we have these data. It's the, mm. it's the matter of, you know, transparency of this data, of these information and how these can be more effectively and efficiently be used. And my second point is to really invent a mindset. I guess this is goes back to Phil's point about perception, right? It's, it's inventing, rather than inventing something, you know, physical, I think it comes to the mindset and it's the mindset of, you know, continuing to learn and really push that boundaries. And I'm just not talking about education and universities. I, th I think, I think well, both actually. I think it's making those changes, continuing to learn both in industry, you know, keeping up to the latest trends and phenomena that's happening in the industry, but also in the wider society, but also continuing to learn and change in education as well. You know, coming out of the traditional means of education and learning and teaching, you know, bringing in a lot more, you know, digital, new, innovating methods of teaching that are a lot more authentic. Um, when I say authentic, meaning, you know, it's close to practice, it's closer to practice. 
you know, it's something that we can reflect upon in real life rather than just in an academic or learning environment. And I think we need to have that mindset to to continue to learn, push the boundaries and actually make that change. And I think when we can make that change, I think this is what spills over to our students and to the future leaders that go into the future hospitality industry. And, you know, being able to really evaluate how these changes in society implies to me as, you know, as an academic, but also as a student, as a learner, employee, employer or a leader or a manager, whatever position you are in. I think, you know, hospitality is all about people. And I think the thing that we really need to invent is that change in mind, mindset, in that mindset to really have that passion, have that, you know, eager to, to make a change for the better good of our society and our sector. Mm. Oh, man, I, I want to get up and give you a round of applause because the inventing a mindset, I think, is absolute gold in terms of a direction that we need to uh, continue to focus on. I, I, I think it's, uh, it's such a wonderful way to put it. Yeah, I, I, as I say, round of applause. I think I'm, that was that was wonderful. I'd literally listened to you for that whole time there with a big fat smile on my face. Yeah, me too. Um, um, so, yeah, great. Josh, anything to, to sum up with? Yeah, so I'm just really <clears throat> looking at it from sort of a more philosophical point of view about really inventing your own future with what you're going to be doing within the hospitality sector. So I look at it a sense of, you know, this quote I've always heard of, work hard, play hard. Whenever you look at what you can probably do within your university work or within your professional work in a real job, or et cetera, et cetera. If you work hard, ultimately, then it will pay off. If you really sit down to yourself and make sure you go through all of these different areas, you really set yourself these goals and these ambitions and you work for them, it'll ultimately pay off for you. You really make your own dreams a reality that way. And I really do think that all of us together, even if you're a fellow, you're a member, you're an affiliate or whatever, you really are in a position that you're still on your own path. You're on this journey, you're on this path together, and we're still going along that path. We're still writing our own story within our own job and our own profession and within, uh, you know, as a student as well. But I think it's important to realise that we do have the support and guidance there. It's never too, too much to ask people for support or guidance, whether that be colleagues, friends, uh, teachers, lecturers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So there is all of those those areas that you do have the support and guidance really for for the future. And I always think as well. I know sometimes in certain organisations you have to stick by the book and and be so sort of like bureaucratic in a, in a in a sense. But I like to be a bit more spontaneous. I think don't do everything by the book all of the time. If you really want to see how you can invent the future of hospitality in the next ten years, be a little bit spontaneous about it all. So I really do think that you know, through hard work, through your dedication, through your adoration and your ambitions and your goals, I think you'll get to where you want to be eventually through the support as well of others. So, yeah, I think that's I think that's quite important for the future of hospitality and education and the future is to really look at those those key points, really, and to be happy with where you're going. Mm. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, you know, I, I, I feel like there's an awful lot left to be discovered here in this conversation. I feel like we're only scratching the surface of it, but time is up. So I, I'm, I, thank you so much, guys. I think a lot of really interesting points in there. And uh, yeah, let's hope we can continue this conversation onwards and continue you know, the great work that's being done by pockets of individuals and institutions and businesses Bring that all together under one banner, which uh, Ben, I'm assuming you're going to get off and get started on right now. I, I'm going to go and I'm going to go and look at my own create, creating my mindset and try and try and work, try and work a few different things in. I'll come back to you shortly. <laughs> <laughs>
Wonderful. Thanks so much, guys. Much appreciated and uh, wish you a, a cracking day ahead. Absolute pleasure. Enjoy the weather. Thank you. Take care. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Today's episode of I'm In covered the future of hospitality education and featured Joshua Wilson, AIH, Yuri Kim, MIH, Ben Curtin, FIH and hosted by me, Phil Street, FIH. A big shout out as always goes to the IOH's very own Sonia Cresswell, MIH for the artwork and branding and Leon Williams, FIH for the music. To say I'm in and feature on a future episode, contact phil.street at instituteofhospitality.org and to find out more about the Institute of Hospitality or to join our hospitality family, please click the links in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening and join us next time where we'll be shining a light on the women in our industry in our International Women's Day special.